You're listening to Kiwi Roots Rugby Podcast. Let's go! And we're live. Kia ora koutou katoa. It is Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori here, the week of the Māori language here in Aotearoa. So shout out to all you Māoris out there. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, cool. So we're back. Welcome back to the Kiwi Roots Rugby Podcast. So today we're going to be looking at um, the Rugby Championship Round 3 game between New Zealand and Argentina. Uh, so let's just kick right into it. Uh, the score, 39-0 to the All Blacks. Um, real high-level summary. Let's be honest, the All Blacks played probably their best game uh, in 2021. Um, they were pretty strong on defence. They were brutal in attack. They were physical and they were fast-paced. Um, do you think that sums it up, Felix? Yeah, I can't really add to that. I, th- I think you hit the nail right on the head, Scotty. I th- and I actually forgot to tell everybody that you're here with us. <laughs> Felix, sorry. Just the ghost in the background. Felix is our other host <laughs> joining us today, and I am Scott Poynton. <laughs> Anywho, let's carry on with um, our review of the game. So one part I want to start on is let's look at the start of the game. Boomfa, what a hit by Nepo Lolala on, um, pa- what's his name? Ma- Pablo. 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 Matera, man, that really set the tone and the All Blacks' intention from the get-go. Uh, would you agree? One hundred percent, man. Uh, yeah, Matera, he's he's sort of seen um, by many as the team's enforcer. Yeah. If you know, on the very first hit-up, your enforcer gets <laughs> gets mangled, put in his place. It's yeah, folded <laughs> in half. It's sort of hard to sort of come back from that, but. You know, later on in the game, he sort of found his feet again, so... Oh, he certainly did. And he played the way that we expected him to play. He was ruthless. Um, So, yeah, that was the the best start you could possibly get in terms of bringing the intensity, which potentially is a part of the All Blacks game that, you know, they potentially need to work on, you know? Um, So, no, really good, really good start. Um, the other thing I want to look at, talk about is the, the actual the, the pace of the game in general. Now, we know that All Blacks play a fast-paced game. They showed it between themselves and the Wallabies. Um, but this week, I think it took it to a whole new level. And that was you know, solely, in my opinion, put down to their ability to recycle their ball at ruck time. It seemed to come out of that ruck just half a second quicker. Uh, would you agree there? Yeah, well, it comes down to the to the guys who are really driving the game, uh, TJ Pitanara and Bowden Barrett. Um, yeah, they, they put on a bit of a masterclass, didn't they? I really like this pairing. I think, you know, there's my old um, Hurricanes um, glory days sort of c- coming back in. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed seeing those two just light up the, the football pitch last night. You could see TJ Pedernara just trying anything and everything. Um, he, he's just one of those guys that loves to take a risk. Yes, yep. he's probably a bit of a hot head, <laughs> but you know, if you don't ask the question of the defense, you'll never truly know. So <clears throat> yep. um, to add to that, Bowden Barrett might have been a little bit off with the, the boots, but that's okay. Mm. Um, he just makes up for it with his creativity and um, yeah, we certainly saw that last night, didn't we? Totally agree. Um, but I just want to circle back to TJ Pedernara. That guy is playing like he has a point to prove. And by God, the last two games, he's really showing that he is all black quality. And how dare those punters <laughs> say he shouldn't, have been, he shouldn't be in the all blacks. Because, gosh, who else do we have, you know, uh, well, below them, I guess, um, in the super competition that can play as well as he can at that level? Um, and I think the thing I like watching about him is he brings so much passion to the jersey, you know, and I, I don't know, I just wish, I mean, I, I guess all players do play like that, but 
for him, he seems to be able to express that a lot more than others. You know, and it starts from the haka through to his um, uh, his intensity on the field, his 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 uh, I guess his passion for it. Well, it's, what I'm trying to say is him you know, contesting for the ball every inch, every millimeter. You know, he's not giving up anything. So. Um, Man, what a player he is turning out to be um, for us in this rugby championship. Um, and you alluded to Bodie Barrett. What a game he had as well. Like you say, he he had his first game back, um, what was it, in the third test against the Aussies. And of course, you know, coming back into a position, first game is never going to be flashy. He didn't have a bad performance, but <clears throat> he certainly looked a lot more comfortable sitting at 10 and he looked like he had a little bit more, um, I guess, control of the game in terms of what he wanted to do. And partly I think that is because you talked about that partnership between himself and TJ pairing back up again. They know how each other play. He knows where he's going to pass. They know what each other are thinking. So they're able to best, you know, make really good decisions. Do you want to add anything on that? Or... No, just yeah. I, I think they made the right uh, decision to switch. Um, uh, place kickers with uh, Jordy Brown at the right time, you know, yep. just to keep that scoreboard pressure on. Uh, I really like what I saw from Bowden Barrett actually. And totally. The scary thing is there's uh, more to come. Yeah. So if we stick to those two and we talk about them, you know, controlling the game and being game drivers, we look at the position, the position stats. Um, New Zealand dominated both in position and territory. We had sixty four percent in our position in 65 in territory and I mean from my point of view you could tell they were being um, one they were being patient with the ball they were putting phases together um, kudos to Argentina they had a really strong defense um, you know but what I think was happening with them is all blacks were being patient they were able to recycle that ball build phases build pressure they were continuously getting you know over the gain line and forcing the Pumas back, sapping the energy, and as soon as there was an opportunity to exploit, the All Blacks, you know, well, I guess had the presence of mind to spot it and go for it. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, I just think the way that they both controlled the game, um, I guess they allowed, well, TJ would have allowed Bowden the time to scan, and TJ is also looking for his own opportunities to create, right? So there's two people really scanning all the time yeah and just to touch touch on uh, uh, TJ Pitt and IRA guys like trying to bring the Gregan pass back <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, connected really well with um, Seri Reese. it just goes to show that um, this week more so than last week there was probably more freedom to create something out of nothing yeah. uh, for a, perhaps a neutral supporter watching this game you could probably they'd probably think <coughs> that the All Blacks effort was a little bit disjointed. I wouldn't I wouldn't like agree on that statement one hundred percent. Yeah. Mainly because even when they're they're forcing the issue and balls aren't going to hand, <coughs> it's well within the wider strategy to try something, albeit on the right side of the field. Yeah. I mean that sort of harkens back to your um, your stats on territory. It's like, look, we're gonna play ball but we're just going to do it on the right side of the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that led to, um, you know, when the Pumas did get the ball, they were always playing that defensive style of attack where they were trying to either clear out of their half, build phases, and, and get their own momentum going. But, you know, if they're kicking the ball away, they're kicking away position. Um, you've got guys like Geordie Barrett out the back, Sevy Reese, and even uh, George Bridge, who are not afraid to get up there and contest mm. for that ball. So yeah. it was a hard contest in the air. Um, but then we were also, we took it up a notch in that ruck um, game where we were beating their forwards to their own ruck and actually stealing the ball, um, you know, causing penalties. So the All Blacks were pretty hard to, I guess, um, there wasn't a lot of opportunities there for them to actually exploit um, just because of, I guess the effort being put in by the All Blacks on defence. Um, yeah, for the for for the majority of the first half, I felt <coughs> like this is a you know typical test match. Yeah, and Argentina still in it. 
but you just had that sense like something was coming from the All Blacks and they were able to strike just before half time and again straight after half time it's a double blow um, that no one can really expect because you're sort of you're sort of um, mentally preparing yourself for, for half time yeah. boom the opposition scores against you and then when you come out of half time they score again and, yeah. and just like that you're, you're two scores down and you know there's not much time left for you to build some momentum yeah it's you know that, that the pressure to build positive phases uh, just just builds yeah um, it's and it's hard when you're already playing a world class defence um, who just loves the nitty gritty of the breakdown that's yeah that's yeah. that for me was where perhaps the battle was lost for Argentina was sure you could have this mighty defense but what are some of those go-to offensive plays that they can um, they can pull out of their bag yeah uh, to really build some momentum and get everyone's offensive games rolling I just, you know, there was maybe like a handful of Argentinian players that really got stuck into it. But other than that, yeah, really hard to, to um, build some momentum against this, this doubt. Yeah. All, uh, all Blacks defence. Yeah. Well, I'd say that, like we already alluded to it, the pace of the game is probably what really fed into that poor decision making. The guys looked tired 30 minutes in, they were walking to lineouts. Um, for me, I was thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be a long day at the office if they're already walking. Um, it didn't help with Matera getting uh, yellow carded, so there's 10 minutes with 40 men on a side that you're already struggling to contain. Um, so the guys would have had to work hard for that, that extra period of time. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty tough game for, for the, uh, the Pumas <laughs> overall. Um, what I want to allude to now is just maybe let's talk about some players who we think um, really shone. So if we start in the Ford pack, we've got Asafo Almoa. Yeah. So he was playing his, or having his first start in the All Blacks jersey. And my God, did he take the opportunity. Um, man, he was a demon with ball in hand, which we know from, you know, supporting him from the Hurricanes and the Lions. And it doesn't matter what level he plays, he looks so comfortable running the ball. Does, does the guy ever get stopped before <laughs> the game line? I, I mean, you might want to see maybe more than three people to him next time. But it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's got the so size and, you know, his, his height actually, or lack thereof, <laughs> works yeah. in his favour because he gets so damn low and yeah, he beats yeah. you. And yeah. so many different ways. Um, and yeah, you do not want to let that guy run into open space because nah. nobody's stopping him, mate. Totally. <laughs> I think the most impressive thing for me as well is he's so young, but he's still relatively composed, right? You know, he's still hitting, doing his, his core role as a hooker, winning those scrums and, you know, getting the ball in that line out and clearing those rucks and making his tackles. Like, yeah, I just love the way he played the game. Uh, in the weekend, and I think he deserves another start um, next week. So. Oh, deserves another start. Well, back Thank to that line-out, actually. This guy just shows, I guess, this <laughs> the fact that he's he's making steps in the right direction. First line-out is, is a gimmicky throw to the front of the line-out. Second, second line-out is <laughs> the hardest throw in yeah. for a hooker to throw, which is the, the back jumper, and hits it right on the money. Yeah. Sure, the next the next couple get contested and they get turned over. All Blacks make a change of tactics and they start heading back to the uh, the number two jumper with uh, Retallick yeah. up the front there, and they're back to uh, gaining some momentum from a set piece lineout. Mm. So overall, Asafa Moore making some decent strides, and I don't know, I like him. Yeah. Does he get another start? I don't know. That's up for debate. Yeah. You'll have to tune into the next episode. <laughs> Could he make our form 15? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you never know. Uh, you never know who's listening either. Um, let's carry on through the four pack. I think Scott Barrett had a blinder as well. Man, he's just bringing so much energy to that locking department. Um, again, he's contesting those lineouts, but 
he was another regular feature or name being screamed out of the commentary box. Um, you know, when they're taking those hit-ups, you know, in those mid-channels. Um, so I think he had a fantastic game, and I just love the energy he's bringing at the moment. Um, got any thoughts around him? No. Um, you know, FYI, for those who missed last week's episode, Scott Barrett did make my Form 15, so I'm feeling real justified and vindicated. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going to add to his already awesome performance. So, yes, Whitelock. <laughs> so, mate. <laughs> Run the waters for now, Whitelock. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Okay, too far. Anyway. Um, okay, carrying on through, we have um, our Dalton Papali. Um, he played his best game to date in the jersey. Um, I think it was more the fact that he, he did his core role. Um, he was getting in those deep, dark places, but his running game seemed to have stepped up this week. Um, I know it's easy, you know, when you've got momentum and you're on that side of the fence, everybody's looking for the ball, right? <laughs> because there's always a hole being created. There's I don't know why it seems to be easier, um, but... He still had a great game with the ball in hand, and just in general. Um, yeah, what do you think, mate? Yeah, he's one guy that's that's deserving of more minutes. Actually, I, I definitely want to see this guy uh, sort of flesh flesh out his skill set a bit more. Um, obviously, against these big Argentinians, it was going to be a, a tough ask, but yeah. um, he he stood up. He really did. So, um, really liking what I'm seeing from the young man from Auckland. Yeah, man. Um, one shout out I want to make for the Pumas is their ability to nullify the Akita Yoani threat. We know he had a massive game last week um, against the Aussies. He was making some barnstorming runs, bumping people off, fending left, right, and centre, and setting up tries. But um, unfortunately, we didn't see the same type of running game this week. However, he was sucking in defenders and creating opportunities elsewhere, which is just as important. So, uh, yeah. Great job, Pumas. However, maybe not. They should have thought outside the man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. What do you think? Well, if, if, if your name's being centre stage for a defensive um, strategy, then obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, Akira Ioane is... Yeah, it's probably not going to be the first time he features on the opposition's uh, defensive strategy. Yeah. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like he still had a positive game. Yeah. There, there were more positive moments than there were negative. Yeah. He just wasn't able to stretch his legs as much as we'd like to see. Yeah. Yeah. Rico Ioane had another solid game, jumping, slotting back into number 13, always a threat on the ball. Um, I'm happy for him to play wherever he wants to play. He can just pick his spot at the moment. He's, he's one of the first names on the yeah. team sheet now, eh? Yeah, that guy is like <laughs> on fire. He's so good. Um, was there anybody uh, from the Pumas that stood out for you? Um, in, in a losing effort, it can be really difficult to, to point at positives. Mm. But you've got to look at some crucial moments in the game where... Argentina did look threatening and the person right behind those threatening moments was their first five, Nicolas Sanchez. Yep. I don't know what you think about him, but uh, he's a guy who's just got this never-say-die attitude. Yep. Um, and again, one of those leaders in that team who just knows how to rally the troops, leads from the front, and um, is again trying to make those net positive plays. Just needed the rest of the team to stand up. Yeah, yeah. I agree, man. Like, such a good player. Um, it's just disappointing that he ended up going off fairly early in the game, yeah. so they lost that, I guess, that firepower or that direction that potentially they needed when they got the ball in hand. So um, I think even though Pablo Matena got smoked at the beginning and he had a yellow card, he was still getting stuck in, and he was, like you say, the enforcer that we, we expected him to be. So... I think he, he had a great game in general. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, and his yellow card, yeah, it was pretty tough. He was, um, yeah, that was well, buried deep in their own 22. All Blacks hot on attack. 
and they were already on a warning eh? everybody's guilty or every team I should say is guilty of having somebody yellow carded you know you just you're doing whatever it takes to stop the other team from scoring and someone's always getting carded man <laughs> it just is what it is these days so. yeah, but I, and it was him yeah, it was hard done by I, I was certainly in the camp that uh, his his attempt at the breakdown was legit I'm yeah. probably in the minority but that that still looked 100% legal to me obviously the ref thought otherwise you reckon he was slightly sort of like leaning forward because you've got to be able to hold your own weight so if you take the players un- from underneath them out of the way can you say he can actually hold his own weight up well, he was so quick to his feet after making after supporting that tackle. It's like the momentum never really stopped. Mm. Hence that forward momentum you're talking about. Yeah. But he was still like arms around the ball. That ball wasn't coming out. Yeah. They've the ref obviously seen a different picture. Yeah. So, yeah. Unlucky, uh, but you're right. In a losing effort, your big players stand up, and Matera was definitely one of them. Well, lucky for you, I've got the ref on the other line. No. <laughs> no. Let's check with him. Um. Should have gone to Specs <laughs> Yeah. I was trying to find his name on the steamship, but I couldn't see it. Um, cool. Okay. Um, okay. In terms of any other players that stood out for you, uh, I guess the last one for me is probably Geordie Barrett. Uh, we know he got sent off last week with the red and he had a point to prove this week um, and he certainly did that he partnered up with his brother really well like you know like you said they've, they've had some sort of team meeting in the back sheds there <laughs> some Hurricanes team meeting yeah. and they've you know they've put some plays together and they were trying things which is what we expect from those two because that really did look like backyard footy I'll just put a bum up and you just try and catch it yeah. <laughs> like you know I'll just chip and you just chase it yeah like it was really intuitive and just off the cuff sort of play uh, it's just unfortunate the, the accuracy of, of those kicks weren't just like you know 5% better because that's really the difference between a try being scored and not so. right yeah yeah I mean a lot of people think like, oh, why are, they, why are they throwing gambling plays up like that for? I mean, sure, they don't get the, um, the maximum profit of scoring a try, but you've sent only one person out of a possible 14 on attack and you've stressed out their back three. Yeah. You know, sure, you didn't get the, you didn't get the try, but you've kept those back three honest. And that's, that's a moral victory for both Bowden Barrett and Geordie Barrett. And they definitely keep that trip up, up their sleeve. They mm. pulled it off again, but yep. didn't quite uh, have the accuracy on it. So those are those are little micro battles that you know the game manage, managers in the um, in the All Blacks camp. They yeah. they keep these things sort of um, in their bag of tricks. And every now and then you sort of see them test test the waters a bit. So um, just goes to show the level of confidence that they're all playing at. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, um, were there any other talking points that you had that we haven't covered just yet? Otherwise, we'll just move on to the question of what do we think both teams are going to do over the next week to prepare for their game two? Um, do, you, do you want to start this session? Yeah, um, I think the Argentinians, they know how to defend. Like no one's going to dispute that. The question is, defense is not enough. You got to point. You got to put points up on the board. So, I want them to explore um, and reach deeper into their bag, uh, bag of tricks, pull out some more of their um, offensive plays, mm. and really try to to gel the, the the transition from defense into into offense. I'd really like to see how they, they work on that. Um, discipline is another one. They really can't afford to go down one player. Um, yep. And obviously we need uh, Nico Sanchez to, to stay healthy because that guy's a lethal goal kicker. Yeah. I don't know. That's it from, from the Argentinian side. Did you have anything from the All Blacks perspective that they needed to touch up on? Um, 
Before we go to the All Blacks, I just want to carry on with the Pumas because I have one point to make read the Pumas. Cool. So the other part I wanted to make was just around their energy efficiency. So, and I think one part they need to work on is actually making the All Blacks play a game that suits their strengths as opposed to them trying to keep up with the All Blacks. So we talk about the pace of the game and the Pumas struggling to keep up and you mentioned them you know, having those go-to plays, you know, those automatic plays that they can just do when they're under pressure and they're tired. But perhaps they need to have a few uh, uh, weapons where they're actually just slowing the ball down, however, working within their strengths. They've got a really strong forward pack, so why not just keep it tight for a few phases, rest up a little bit, and you know, either see what happens or then send your kick away, but at least you've given your a chance to have a little rest um, before you get on defence again, and I guess hope for that mistake, you know, or that error from the All Blacks. So, um, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll see a few more one-off runners with better support, or, like you say, some of those go-to plays um, to try and slow that ball down or retain that ball. Really, mm. yeah. So, um, in terms of the All Blacks, um, for me it's just around accuracy and taking opportunities. So, you know, the Pumas, they had an 89% um, tackle success rate. They made just under 200 tackles. They, so that's missing one in every 10 tackles. So for me, if you're looking at it from a statistician point of view, there's 20 opportunities that have presented themselves because we've made a line break or a half break so it's more about looking at that that last pass or, or that, that decision at that point to either give the pass or take the ball and just recycle because we know we're strong at recycling we know there's always a support runner there so it's just about deciding yeah which play to make and when and can we capitalise more on those opportunities that we're creating mm. what do you think Felix? I just want to, yeah, I just want to add, well, but probably just get a bit more specific, especially around those offloads. Hmm. I mean, there's probably two or three missed opportunities <laughs> based off of offloads that didn't quite go to hand. Um, and that's something that they should probably look into. Maybe that's not such so much a skill um, issue because they're definitely asking the question, but rather a compatibility and... Um, a coherent sort of issue whether guys are aware of the person really going in just for the contact or going in for the contact and looking for more there's one example of um, sort of miscommunication between uh, Luke Jacobson and Asafa Omur uh, in the first half where neither of those players knew what each other were thinking mm. and what was what that resulted into was just a, a poor decision and a um, a pass going out to the sidelines. That's just a li something that needs to be worked on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that will come over time, especially with guys like Asafa Omoa. And then there's another example of Rico Ioane missing a couple of offloads. There was one he should probably should have hit with um, Seva Reese, but on another day that ball goes to hand so being yeah. ultra critical but um, against you know quality sides I feel like those half mistakes can actually get exploited into big games for the other team so yeah it's true yep yep cool good analysis um, I'm sure well I think so anyway <laughs> um, I'm sure Ian Foster is going to be listening he's going to take all this on board and we're going to see our predictions come true so um, I guess that'll do that'll wrap it up for another game because I won't say another week do we want to predict the next game oh oh yeah okay okay so sounds like you've got it in your head already yeah okay you go first I, I'm picking like a strong bounce back game for the Argentinians I'm picking something that's all Blacks are going to win. They're just too strong. But I'm thinking more like a 
20 score line. You heard it here first. 32, 32 20 to the, all, 20. to the All Blacks. Okay, okay. All right, 32, 20. I'm going to go for... Because I think that the All Blacks are going to take more opportunities this week coming up. So, so bigger score line. I reckon a bigger score line. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm going deep, deep down the rabbit hole. I'm going to go to 40... 42-19. I think, I think the Pumas will rack up some points this week. I think they're going to play to their strengths and, um, yeah, really turn it around. Michael Check is no joke, and neither is Ledesma. Well, yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, you heard it here. Maybe we should um, put on a little sweepstake. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. This is all on the fly. <laughs> okay, we're at the part of the show where we're going to select our form 15 for the week. Uh, to start off, we're going to recap last week's team and then we'll kick into our hotly contested debate on who should be in this week's form 15. So, Last week, we chose at number one, Nepal Lolala, two, Cody Taylor, three, George Bauer, four, Brody Retallick, five, Scott Barrett, six, Akita Ioane, seven, Ethan Blackadder, eight, Artie Severe, nine, Aaron Smith, ten, Richie Moonga, eleven, Rico Ioane, twelve, David Havili, thirteen, Anton Leonard Brown, fourteen, Severis, and fifteen, Will Jordan. Okay, so let's kick into this week's Form 15, starting with number one. So Nepololala, um, I think he started the game fantastic and he played probably one of his best games yet in the black jersey. Um, I think he can stay there, uh, in my opinion. Do you have any, well, anything to add there, I should say? Nah, he just he just solidified his case. Yeah. Than anything, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's definitely one of the form pop props at the moment. Um, well, let's just go on to number two then, Cody Taylor. Now, this is quite a tricky one because we had two young players in Omua and Tokiaho on the field um, with Cody Taylor out injured. Um, one thing that I think Cody Taylor has an edge over these other two is his um, support play. Do you notice he's always that, you know, you've got him, we've got the ball runner, and then you've always got him and then the halfback. But you don't necessarily see that in the game of Aumua and um, Tokiaho. And whether that's, maybe he's just a little bit quicker in general around the field. But Aumua and both Tokiaho are a bit more explosive when they're, when they're taking those hit-ups. So I guess it depends what we're looking for in, in the game. But if we stick true to the form, 15 for the week, he's out injured. So does that put him out of contention? <laughs> for the week? I, I think so, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so with that said, he's out of contention. Now we've got, we're left with Omua and Tokiaho. And there's, uh, there's no other hooker, right? No. So I'm sticking with Omua. Oh, it's a really big call <laughs> given that he's only just played the one game, yeah. you know? And I mean, uh, yeah, he had a blinder. Um, I really want to pick Omua. But Taukiaho has put in some solid, um, solid minutes. Oh, okay, um, so you're going for the consistency card. Well, he's uh, only because he's just played more games. He's got a bigger sample size, and he's he's sort of got a similar um, game to a playing Asafo. style. Yeah, yeah, Asafo or more. I, as a Hurricanes fan, it, it like <laughs> pains me to say this, but I kind of like a little bit of division. So for me, I. I'm going with Taukiaho. Oh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. There's your wild card, your trump card. Toke. Oh, I can't even spell his name. <laughs> How do you spell, spell his first name? Samsoni. Samsoni. Oh, I've got Tokiaho. I, I can. I've spelt it how it's said. Okay. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Okay, so Moving we've on. got Lolala and Tokiaho. Now we've got number three. Now, this is the trick on. We had George Bauer last week. He was obviously absent. I don't think he was injured. It was more of a case of potentially rotating and um, resting. Uh, but the Argentinians potentially are a bigger forward pick, so maybe they were looking for a bit of size in that front row to, you know, so we can win that set piece. Because we know George Bauer is going to beat um, Tui Nukuafe 
around the park any day. He's not he's not known for his fitness, but he's strong in defence and set piece. So, but Big Carl held his own, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, he did. So, wait, who came on for him this week? It was um, Joe Moody. Moody was back. Joe Moody was in the back. Fray. Yeah, it was a short, short, you know, sort of comeback. Um, he didn't really show us too much. I think at the same time he was trying to ease himself back in, which is kind of hard to do against a really physical Argentinian yeah. team. Um, but if we're picking a form prop at the moment, I'd have to go with Big Carl. Big Carl. How do you but, feel about that? Okay, yeah. I don't think Joe Moody's in there. I just wanted to wait for one second. He was injured all last year with a broken foot. So yeah. He's been out for 12 months. Um, so his last game in the black jersey was... 2019 if my um, if my knowledge is correct um, so if you factor that in he actually played a pretty good game um, yeah first game back in the black jersey but anyway yeah he's he's out of contention for now he needs to put some minutes on the park and show some consistency so um, the along with George Bauer so I don't know. I still think he's... It's a bloody tricky one, isn't it? Because it's easy because Tuina Kuafu played the last game, so he's the freshest memory in your mind. Yeah. You know, And they played such a solid game against the Argentinians. It's like, do you change a winning formula? Do you think they played better with Tuina Kuafu on the field? Or George Bauer? Or perhaps do you think we were better at set piece with him on the field, but we played the same style of game with the rest of the 14 other men? Well, I don't know. I've made my decision, Scotty. You're the one who seems to be umming and iron about this one. What do you think? <sighs> it probably depends who you've got in the field. But, um... Mm. Uh, I, I'm on the fence. I mean, if we've, let's say we're going into another game with the Argentinians, I still want to win that set piece. How about we give you a lifeline? We'll come back. Yeah, we'll let's come, come back. back to this one. We'll, we'll move on and come back. Eh? Okay, okay. That sounds good. Um, okay, number four was Brody Retallick. Yeah, I don't think there's any changes there, to be honest. Nah, he's he stays, he stays in. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's... What's scary about this guy is he's building. Yeah. And he's just making all the right plays. <laughs> he is, man, yeah. And Brody, so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott Barrett at five. Nah, you can't change him. <laughs> not after what we've talked about in this podcast. We can't then go, actually, he's not the form uh, five, so... Vindicated. <laughs> yeah. Vindicated. So he's in there. Well done. Keep running that ball. Uh, six, Akidioane. Uh, nothing changes there, in my opinion. No, he's... Nah. Yep. He's solid. Yep, solid with uh, ball in hand. He's getting around, making them hits. That's what we want. Uh, seven. Now, this is a tricky one, because we put Ethan Blackadder in there last week. He came on the paddock, uh, what, what was it, maybe like 20 to go? A lot of them came on quite early this week, so he got some more decent minutes. He almost scored a try. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he did anything too flashy. He didn't stand out for me. I think Papa Lee had the better game. The best game in the black jersey yet. Um, yeah, he won some good ruck ball, scored a try. He was making some good runs in general. So... Uh, I, I'm leaning more towards Papali, back towards him. Yeah, he played the better game. Yeah, yeah to be honest, I, 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 yeah, I have to change my vote as well. So I really liked uh, Papali's game last last night. So, so well, there you go. So yeah, he, he took got the feedback. He took the feedback on board. He listened to the podcast and he improved his game. So there you go. Shout it's worth a listen. Shout out Papali. <laughs> um, okay, number eight, Ardi Savia. Uh, Luke Jacobson, what a game he had. Two tries. But I guess let's look at his, um, like, I guess his skill around the ruck. So his running game was up there. You can't deny that. He, I think he had, well, he must have been one of the highest runners because it seemed like he was another one who always had ball in hand. Yeah. Um, so he stood up in, in that department. But in terms of his, like, you know, getting in there and stealing the ball, uh, I nothing really springs to mind or it's not a something that's you know standing out as part of his game in the weekend um, although did we see that from Adi Savia? 
they're pretty similar, eh? Like, he got yeah, he was unlucky against that uh, against Australia <laughs> because um, a couple of turnovers that he got that were called back for a, pre, uh, uh, a penalty beforehand. So um, he's he's got the ability. It just depends on when he's when he's really feeling the um, yeah the need to go for a momentum shifting play. Um, I think we talked about it already. Him being like sort of the unlucky one in terms of like being the forgotten child there's all these superstars in front of him but he gets his chance and he makes the most of it yeah I think that's what matters he's putting his hand up he's saying yo I'm still here yeah I'm just as good as these guys pick me you know which is only going to foster um, a competitive nature between those boys and make them all better um, but if we go back to our form 15 is he the form player between both of them would you actually go huh Let's go with Jacobson this week or Ardy Severe if he's available and fresh. Um, Let's not forget, they, they, they all played together. I think it was, um, I can't remember if it was the first or the second Fijian game. Um, yeah. We've, oh, we've they seen Ardy at seven? We've, yeah, we've seen Ardy at seven, Akira at eight, and, and, Luke, Jacobson. and Luke Jacobson at six. And I thought that that's our best lineup. You get a little bit of everything on that. You got the X Factor. You get the niggle and the breakdowns, and just <laughs> with uh, Jacobson and Yuane, you get just two physical specimens that are just going to be at you for eighty minutes. Um, yeah. Do we look at reshuffling our picks based off of some of those previous outings? Mm. I say no because it's a form weekly form fifteen. Yeah, that's right. I've gone back on that stamp. Okay, wait. So then, are we making a rule that if they didn't play, they're not in contention? Well, that's, uh, Is that what you're saying? It's, it's, it's tough because then, you know, one of the best players in Adi Savia just gets scratched. And then it's the same argument for guys like we just have for Cody <laughs> Taylor. And uh, what's his face? The prop, uh, Georgie Bauer. So yeah. uh, you've already set a precedent by... Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yeah. picking Cody Taylor. Those, yeah, I need it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, based off of that theory, we, Adi Savia, sorry mate, love you, but you're not being selected in our form 15 this week. Uh, okay, so Luke Jacobson gets the nod. That's only fair. He played an outstanding game. Yeah, okay. He, he's, yeah, it's like getting player of the day. He got player of the day. Hey man. Number eight jersey. <laughs> he deserved it, and we're not trying to sell patronising at all. The guy wasn't no, beast. No, how? Yeah, no, no, definitely not. Okay, he got there. Well done, Jacobson. Okay, um, let's go for Aaron Smith at number nine. Um, he's not playing, so he's out. So now that is between the two current, which is TJ and um, Weber, and hand down TJ's got it for me <laughs> uh, yeah feel bad for Brad Brad Weber but but that, that, is just he's come back with like a fire under his belly eh? does it feel like that like I, he's trying to prove a point yeah. I feel uh, people those three off. players that went off to Japan him Boda Barrett and Brody Rotelli <laughs> he's probably the one guy that hasn't skipped the beat <laughs> like, yeah he's come yeah. back even better yeah. Oh, did you yeah. see when he got subbed off? Actually, he did the the double the bow, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "Hey, that's cool. He's lit something. He's brought it back. So good on him." Yeah, yeah. I did notice that actually. That was real cool. Yeah. No, he's a he. Yeah, he's a man possessed right now. Oh, TJ, and I hope it continues because it's only good for the old place. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and us as supporters um, and watchers of the game. Okay, TJ, well done. Uh, Richie Moonga at 10 obviously he's out Bodie Barrett he's got to have it um, there's really nobody else to choose minus um, Damien McKenzie yeah. but he didn't get enough minutes to really piece something together to push Bodie out so. Bodie you're in mate Bodie B-E-A-U-D <laughs> did, did they just have like a secret brothers meeting before the game where they're just like, yeah. yo, let's, 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 just, let's, just try, <laughs> let's just try some things because it certainly looked that way <laughs> against the yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, they're running off their own script. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, remember that movie, The, the Hurricane? <laughs> 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 let's just call it Hurricane and I'll put it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 
Maybe we should rewatch the tapes and uh <laughs> Yeah, like it must it must have given him some sort of signal, not, you know, to tip him off that something's coming. Yeah, yeah. Hey bro, something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, who knows? You never know what happens in the sheds. Um okay. <laughs> oh well, hey, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you just take that for face value, okay? <laughs> Moving right along. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, um, Okay, let's go to 12 and 13. So 12, we have Havili. Uh, he played in the weekend, probably an average game, in, I think. Um, they were, they were, I guess they put him away. He didn't really make too many amazing plays that he'd been doing. He was running his normal line, but like we've mentioned already, Argentina had a pretty solid D-line where yeah. they managed to get set up. Yeah. So, you know, any threat that he was, you know, um, putting up against them, they were containing it pretty well, I think. So he didn't have an amazing game. Uh, who else played at twelve? I don't think anybody else played at twelve. So I think by default he might be lucky and stays there. Well, Quintu Pyre came on. Oh uh, yeah, Quintu Pyre. Um, and he looked lively. I think just that added speed in the um, in that second five jersey. I would have liked to see him come on a little earlier, just because I I quite like his um, his potential. Uh, but was it enough to yep. take over Havili's starting spot in the Form 15? I just don't think so. Sorry, Quinn. It is yeah. Havili for me. Okay, I, I don't want to like put you on the spot, so maybe you can say come back to this if you're not sure. But what do you think they see in that in Quinn Tupaya? Uh, I, I watch him play at um. I don't know. I just don't see an X factor in him that. Maybe the untrained eye. Uh, Man, can't I'd, see. <laughs> of all the senses that we've got, he's probably got the most mongrel. And given that, it's, given his age, um, he's got the bigger ceiling. Right. Doesn't have the top end speed that neither you know that um, Brandon Enor and Rico Yuane possess. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't have the tactical awareness of an experienced player like Anton Leonard Brown. Doesn't have the playmaking skills of uh, David Havili, but. He's not totally green either, and he showed some really good um, uh, glimpses of um, his playmaking skills and his hard running with the Chiefs during Super Rugby. So there's there's a sample size there to right. to say, look, we can build on top of what he's already got, and give him more time. He could probably flesh be fleshed out into. So he's like a a, a pad one center center in training. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Nice, good answer. I feel enlightened. Man, he runs with the same ferocity as some of our, yeah, more renowned mm. second fives of the past. My uh, two-pire knowledge has just grown. <laughs> I'm not sure if you'll appreciate that one, but we'll go with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so, so Havili, though. I really takes it right. Yeah, solid. Didn't have a bad game. Didn't have a fantastic game, but he held his own at centre. No, no one's going to shine against a team like no, Argentina. No way. Okay, thirteen. Um, oh. Got to be Rico. Come on, <laughs> Anton wasn't there, so he's out. And you've got Quinton Tupai. We just talked about him, um, and Rico's the form. I'm going to say potentially up there with the, one of the form backs in the Oblix. Yeah, yeah. Him but, and Reese are uh, probably... Him, Reece, oh, it's so hard, actually. Reece, so Jordan, Jordan and Mwanga. Uh, yeah, no, just name the whole back line. <laughs> Go on. Um, okay, no, he stays there, so good on you. Good on you, Reeks, because we're on first name basis, or name basis. <laughs> Reeks. Well, he's the first player in our podcast to jump from one position uh, to another, and he's made two weeks in a row so good on hey, you Rico I reckon he could play like halfback or even like seven and probably make it oh no <laughs> okay uh, maybe not he's good but he ain't that good <laughs> I'd like to see him at fullback actually guy's just crazy yeah, yeah man imagine a backline of Rico's um <laughs> we're the fastest backline globally uh, okay so we've got our 12 13 all right let's go back to 11 on the left wing so we had rico there so now we've got a vacant spot at number 11 
Now, the wingers we have to choose from is Will Jordan. Uh, Severus played 14, right? So, uh, I don't think there was anybody else. I mean, you've got Geordie Bridge. George Bridge. Oh, yeah, George Bridge. Did he start the game? He played all right, actually. Yeah, he, he was he was he was good. He scored a try. Yeah, the most unorthodox try you ever see. But did you see Someone him like um, max that, it up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see him bump that um, that guy off when he had like a one on one? He just like ran it straight. It was down the wing. Um, I think he was uh, might have recovered a kick or something. Just turned around and just lomu tried to lomu it. Really? He's like half the side, but he like fully bunted one guy off that. <laughs> Yeah, that surprised me. He run it straight. Uh, maybe he was doing the run it straight challenge, though, live in game. Maybe. And he had his maybe mate, mate filming from the crowd. Maybe those wingers have oh, a you know have, have have a tally of. Oh yeah, guys. maybe they've yeah maybe they've got a little sweepstake going on. Well, there you go. If you want a starting spot, you gotta you gotta get those. Yeah, most uh, bumps wins. Gotta get those bumps, man. That'll explain Severus. That guy's a bumping machine too. Man, do you reckon he's like made of rock, Severus? He looks like it. He's, yeah, that guy's. Like if you hit him, he'd just be like a brick wall. He's had some pretty mean collisions in his time, eh? Who could forget? Was that two years ago when he threw off, who was it? Uh, Peter Steph uh, Dutois. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, the South African Lucy. Dutois. Uh, <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, that. The, oh, that's like fresh. Springbok. Dutoit. Anyway, yeah, uh, he was busting down the right hand, right hand side. He was away for a try, and along comes Steph Dutois, tries to make a try savings tackle, and he just completely throws him off. Eh? Um, one of the most incredible uh, tackle busts I've, I've seen in modern, modern times. See, I Peter Steph Dutois. Nailed it. Dutois. They're not French, bro. They're South African. But he could be South African French, man. Hello, I'm Peter Steph Dutois. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite mix. Peter Steph Dutois. Maybe you get a YouTube clip of, you know, a commentator. Same oh, well. okay, okay, alright. Okay, we actually oh. doing this live on the podcast, <laughs> guys. Yeah, man, entertain the crowd. Let's let's I embarrass just... this guy yet again. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, commentary. Peter Steph Dutois YouTube competition. Do it. Uh, the open side with. Yeah, See, Lisa Lucy, guys. I know my stuff, right? Hold on, but he got thrown off. I think if it wasn't lockdown, I would have missed a lot of rugby and. Go, Severu Reese versus him. Okay, Severu Reese versus Steph. Guys, you know, you guys know what run I'm talking about, eh? Dude, just manhandles tweets. Severu Reese. Okay, where is it? There we go. When the fastest player meets his match. No. Nah. Severu Reese fending. Uh, not this one. No, it's the wrong team. It was for uh, um, Super Rugby. So the last time we played. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, ages so it's like ago. Crusaders versus whatever. Okay. Super Rugby franchise he plays. Then this better be worth it because this is. How can you not remember this play? <laughs> it's like put him on the map. Rugby, like what, bump or fend or? It was like a fend, like uh, a, yeah. It was like a fend, bro. Like. Yeah, this ain't working for me. I'll just say Severu Reese Fend. How about that? And on. What if it wasn't even him? What if it was. Um, Could have been Caleb Clark. Oh, uh, is that it? Tied the week. No. No. Oh, we could do a Severu Reese Because it would be in his. Does he play for Waikato? Yeah, bro. He went to Hamilton Boys High School. Scott, how oh. do you not know this? Wait, was he brought over from Fiji, eh? One yeah, of those fellas. Yeah, I think he came over when he was like 14 or 15. But that's such a good program for rugby, eh? Like, so many guys are brought over from, like, those island nations. Yeah, for a like better education. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up, like, taking our spots. Nah, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jealous, eh? <laughs> But you got the <laughs> legit born ones like the Ioane brothers are born here. Yeah. <laughs> the Sabir brothers are born here. Outrageous rib breakers. 
Uh, <laughs> dude, this is taking too long. Oh man, we're gonna have to come back. Yeah, but we'll find it and then we'll we'll just do a separate recording, like a, a two second snippet. Guys, if you guys know what <laughs> clip I'm talking about, please post paste the link down below. Much okay. appreciated, guys, because we gotta educate our brother here. <sighs> we drifted off topic. We didn't select our number eleven. It's either George Bridge or it is either Will Jordan. Or you've probably got a curveball and you're probably going to tell me Adi Sevilla or something. <laughs> but <laughs> what have you got for me? Nah, the, it's, it's George Bridge for me. Bridgie. Bridgie. Yep, Bridge. He's going to bridge over you. <coughs> um, all right, 14. Yep, Sevier Reese. I don't think we need to argue that one. Um, although he was like a second flanker in the weekend. Um... And then we've got Will, oh, Will Jordan. He's already... Oh, Will Jordan. That's got to be the boat. Um, Geordie, Geordie Barrett. It's got to be Geordie Barrett. J-Bay, J-Bay, J-Bar. J-B makes up for Oh, yeah, J-B. That's how you put they better. Let's do J-Bar. J-B. So we've got J-B, B-B, S-B. Which B is better. But I thought about this while I was watching the All Blacks. And I was like... You know what? One third of the All Blacks starting lineup is from two families in New Zealand: the Barretts and the Iwanis. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like people right. grow up wanting to make the All Blacks all their life, and then two families just take up five spots on the starting lineup. That is unbelievable, genes. Eh? That's yeah. That's what? sickening, actually. How come one of us just couldn't make it? Or oh, they're just having mean games of the backyard and all just pushing each other's limits that's true if it's not football they're playing backyard cricket if it's not that they're probably playing bull rush if they're still playing bull rush these days but I did all that I never made it (laughs) 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 nah but that's so true it would have been so interesting if their other brother Kane made it. I mean, he was in contention. He, I think he got as far as um, ITM or Mitre 10 Cup or whatever it is. NPC level. Um, but he, I believe he got injured. And that, did you know they had another one? Another brother? Uh, another Barrett? Yeah, there's Kane Barrett. No, he also a... played rugby. Are you making this up? I'm totally not making this up, man. Man, I feel like if he doesn't exist, he's not worth the YouTube search. <laughs> oh, he does exist, bro. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, oh, there's another Kane versus Wade Barrett. There's even a Wade Barrett. Hold on. Oh, jeez. What is that? Like their long-lost cousin. See, look. Kane Barrett red-carded for alleged stamp on Craig Clark. Oh, there's a whole piece on the Barrett family. But anyway... Red card seems to run in the family, eh? Oh, stop <laughs> it. Um, yeah. All right, we've got our form 15. We're there. Should we recap? Oh, we've actually got to go back to number three. Because we couldn't decide between George Bauer and Carl Tui Nukuafi. But George Bauer didn't play, so... <laughs> Guys, there's a flaw in our form 15. There's a flaw. Maybe moving forward. Moody's out because he only played like 10 minutes. He can't make the form 15. So well done to KT. (laughs) This can no longer be restricted to just the All Blacks now if it's going to be a form 15, right? I think it's too too easy. Yeah. With like, there's literally two people in each position. So from next week, we're going to open it up to just form rugby championship 15. I like the sound of that. It's going to be very difficult, but I believe we can. We can do it. Okay. Well, well, we didn't recap. So we've got Lolala at one, Tokiaho at two, KT at three, Retallick at four, Barrett at five, Yuana at six, Papali at seven, Jacobson at eight, TJ at nine, Bodhi at ten, George Bridge at 11, Havili at 12, Rico at 13, Reese at 14, and JB, Geordie Barrett at 15. Now I want to do something oh. that's slightly controversial. Hey, 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 you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back on my pick for hooker. 
I really enjoyed watching Asafa Morgan. Oh no! I feel like, yeah, he had the better game, no doubt. This is turning into like the Hurry Blacks! <laughs> Hurry Blacks! Well, the, hur- the Hurricanes do produce the best <laughs> athletes. So you're going with Aumua? I'm going with Aumua. Controversial. Uh, no, it's not, because I chose him, but I decided to let you have Tokyaho. I'm a nice guy. He's, he's, got, he's got more minutes on the paddock, but I suffer Aumua. Damn. Doesn't matter when you put that guy in. He's guaranteed to have a good game. He's guaranteed to rack up running meters. Yeah, totally. And he's almost guaranteed to score a try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> almost. <laughs> But I don't think he was getting through that defence. They they were matched up like size for size. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, it's coming though. Oh, Tries it's coming. coming. The old Moor train has departed the station. Okay. Sweet. All right. We're done. Well done, Omoor. You've scraped in. Okay. That's it for the form fifteen for the week. Next week we will bring on. The Super Form 15. <laughs> Sorry, the Rugby Championship Form 15. So that's going to be an interesting chat. Tune in. Ciao.